upon the resurrection morning when all the dead in Christ shall rise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Eternal soul in weakness, raised in power, ready to live in paradise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never of God Never sad There'll be no more sorrow No, no more pain There'll be no more strife Yes, raising the likeness In of his likeness Ready to live I'll be glad I'll have a new body Praise the Lord I'll have a new life Eternal Free From every imperfection Youthful and happy I shall be Lost in victory I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life oh, yes. I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never sad There'll be no more sorrow No, no more pain, pain There'll be no more strife Yes, raising the likeness In his likeness Ready to live I'll be glad I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Trump of God shall sound. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Eternal grace. All bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Oh, yes. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. glory. With reading, no understand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of this likeness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. So glad to have you, friend. Hey, I just want to let you know I'm your host, Bruce Kessler, and I am part of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, because you see in him and him alone, I find peace, joy, happiness. I'm blessed beyond measure more than I could ever deserve, folks. Amen. My goal here is very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we're going to be talking about character the character of one who desires to be in the very presence of god amen looking forward to that study but before we get to that study a few things along the way and the first is headline news Oh, friend, get this. I think you've been hearing about this a lot on the news yourself, but get this. A female college athlete is accusing the National Collegiate Athletics Association of showing favoritism to trans-identifying swimmer Leah Thomas, 
after she tied with Thomas for fifth place at the recent NCAA Women's Swimming Championship in Atlanta, Georgia. How my, my folks? University of Kentucky swimmer Riley Gaines tied with the University of Pennsylvania's Leah Thomas in 200-yard freestyle at the NCAA Women's Swimming Championship on March 17th, but was told that Thomas would hold the fifth-place trophy and she would hold the sixth-place trophy in the official photos. Thomas, of course, was born male, but now identifies as a female. In an interview on Fox News' Tucker Carlson tonight, Gaines argued that the NCAA handled everything extremely poorly when it came to the photo op. When we finished, I went behind the podium to collect my fifth place trophy. They kind of blatantly told me that Leah would hold the fifth place trophy and that I could pose with the sixth place trophy for photos and would be mailed a fifth place trophy, she told Carlson. When Gaines asked an NCAA official why the fifth place trophy was given to Thomas, he reportedly told her, we're giving it in chronological order. She refuted the official's logic since the swimmers tied, and the man replied, we're just going to give the trophy to Leah. We respect and admire your swim, but Leah needs to hold the trophy. I was shocked, and I know all the swimmers who were standing by and listening to this were also shocked. I was standing right next to Leah, and she heard it all, and it was all baffling that this could be happening. In her interview with Carlson, Gaines contended that the NCAA wasn't prepared for a situation like this. When they were faced with it, they protected such a small minority and turned their back on what the organization in Title IX really stands for. Meanwhile, Gaines praised her amazing support system in the University of Kentucky, whether that be my athletic director all the way down to my head coach. She concluded the interview by arguing that allowing transgender women to participate in women's sports is just totally wrong due to the biological advantages such as different lung capacities, height, testosterone levels as well. There you go, folks. Can you believe that? Female swimmer accuses NCAA of favoring trans athlete Leah Thomas after they tied at swim meet. Folks, some things are just wrong and some things aren't. And some things are just on a kind of a medium level and that's where it should be. But don't it's just crazy what's going on. That's just all I got to say. Madness, chaos, disorder. Mm. Well, f speaking of that, get this. You won't believe it. China has banned, you won't believe this, China has banned Christ and other religious words from social media apps under a new policy that went into effect March the 1st. How about that, folks? How about that? The Chinese Communist Party's new law, called 
the measures for the administration of internet religious information services prohibits individuals and organizations from posting religious information on the internet unless they have first obtained permission from a providential government department. E Early Rain Covenant Church, a Chinese congregation, recently discovered the far-reaching impact of this new law using the messaging app WeChat. A church member tried posting the names of eight books for members of a reading group, asking them to vote on their favorite book. Among the titles were The Defense of the Faith by Cornelius Van Tyle, Tradition and the Individual Talent by T.S. Eliot, and the Imitation of Christ by Thomas A. Kempis. But the WeChat app rejected the post saying the word Christ was not allowed. The word Christ you're trying to publish violates regulations on Internet information services, including but not limited to the following categories, pornography, gambling, drug abuse, excessive marketing, incitement. The issue could only be resolved by editing posts, which the church member did, and remove the word Christ. Mmm, folks, get that. New Chinese law bans the word Christ on social media, says it causes incitement. Right? You know, if that word was excitement, well, they may have something there. <laughs> Madness, folks, just complete and utter madness. Mm. Well, get this. This is a little bit more positive news here, folks. Get this. Churches across the nation are blessing hundreds of people with free gas amid increasing gas prices. One such individual in church, Brian Carn, who pastors the multi-campus Kingdom City Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, gave away $35 gas cards to over 300 drivers last Sunday in an event called Gas on God. He shelled out, get this folks, he shelled out $10,000 out of his own personal finances for the event at the mobile station on Brookshire Boulevard on March the 12th. He said very simply that I am very excited, very grateful of what we were able to do here. As you notice, many people's lives were touched today. And church members who participated in the event agreed we got an opportunity to experience what I get to experience as a result of the changing of the lives that God has allowed me to change. We were able to minister to people. One lady came up to me and says, I don't need gas. I need prayers. That's what this is all about. God is so faithful. We were supposed to do this three weeks ago, but they shut it down. We went and prayed and asked the Lord to turn it for our good. We see what the Lord did was held us back until the whole country was talking about this issue of gas. There you go, folks. Churches all across the U.S. holding gas giveaway events amid rising prices a little help folks goes a long way and touches people's hearts for the good and cause of jesus christ amen and that's our headline news for this broadcast <laughs>
Now, folks, this day in church history. Reverend Obadiah Holmes was a Baptist minister at a time when Baptists were barred from worshiping in the colony of Massachusetts. He entered Massachusetts anyway in 1651 to visit a friend and hold evangelistic services. For this, he was held in prison several months and given 39 lashes on Boston Common. Thirty years later on this day, 1681 in April, he prepared his will, which opened with a brief testimony of faith. These are to signify that I, Obadiah Holmes of Newport on Rhode Island, being at present through the goodness and mercy of my God of sound memory, and being by daily intimations put in mind of the frailty and uncertainty of this present life, do therefore, for settling my estate in this world which has pleased the Lord to bestow upon me, Make and ordain this my last will and testament in manner following, committing my spirit unto the Lord that gave it to me and my body to the earth from which it was taken, in hope and expectation that it shall thence be raised at the resurrection of the just. Good testimony, folks. Good testimony indeed that should define us all at the end of our lives. And that's this day in church history. And now, folks, we have a, a little bit of fun with this. And name that Bible character. This is a little bit difficult one today, so listen very carefully. When the Lord spoke to Elijah in the cave, he told him to anoint, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. And whoever escaped from the sword of Jehu, I was to slay. Who am I? Read it one more time, folks. Here is your clue. When the Lord spoke to Elijah in the cave, he told him to anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. And whoever escaped from the sword of Jehu, I was to slay. Who am I? Good question, folks. Good clue. We'll reveal the final answer to this tantalizing clue following our study segment. So stay tuned, folks, for that exciting reveal and our final segment of Name That Bible Character. Now, folks, we come to our study for today. Get your Bibles, get you a hot cup of coffee. I have mine right here with me. Good cup of coffee or hot cup of tea or a cold drink or whatever it is you like. And let's open up God's fantastic and powerful word. 
Today our study is going to come out of Psalms chapter 15. Psalms chapter 15. And we're going to be talking about the character of the one who desires to be in the very presence of God. So let's begin in verse 1 of Psalms chapter 15. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Some translations may say sanctuary there. Who may dwell in your holy hill? You see, for David, we don't know exactly when this particular psalms was done or in what circumstances. But we do know he had a heart desire here, desire to be in the very presence of God. He knew there in the tabernacle was the Ark of the Covenant. And that Ark of the Covenant between the mercy seat, God was there. And that, friend, is where David wanted to be. And for us, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 talks about the superior tabernacle that is heavenly, that is the very throne room of God. That is where Jesus went as the one-time sacrifices. Now he's sitting at the very throne of God, on the throne of God himself. That very presence is where we want to be and where we can be, in fact, if you remember in Ephesians, it talks about that Jesus and us finding our uh, connection with and finding Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, being saved and becoming a child of God, that he seats us in heavenly places. That's where we want to be. But David here talks about a certain defining characteristic of the individual who is in this place, who wants to be and desires to be in the very presence of God. So let's find out what this looks like. In verse 2, he gives us some of the positive characteristic traits. In verse 2, he says, What is he who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart? Here is an individual that whose conduct is blameless, not perfect, but he lives consistently. His conduct is without blame. It is sound. It is true. His integrity is without question. He lives and walks True to the will of God and the word of God. Some people make mistakes and ruin forever their reputation. And people do not guard their integrity. People do not guard their reputation like they should. Don't realize how important that is. And how it takes sometimes a lifetime to win trust back. To win their integrity back. To win their reputation back. And here is somebody who understands the value of reputation, value of living a life with integrity. And then who does what is righteous or who works what is right in the sight of God. Friend, do you practice and spread justice and love and mercy in your life? And then it says that he speaks the truth from his heart. Jesus said, Matthew 12, verse 34, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
And this speaking truth from the heart is a testimony or a witness of who has your heart. And friend, who has your heart? If you want a desire to be in the very presence of Christ, in the very presence of God, certain things will define you. One of those is who has your heart? Because truth will arise and truth will be spoken because your heart is in the heart of God. Your heart is changed by the love and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Alright, let's go to verse 3 now of Psalms 15. Continues on. He does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend. It's all about how you speak with people. This is all about how you treat people. How do you treat your neighbor, friend? Do you on one hand live like a hypocrite? You smile on one hand at your neighbor, and then when you get back into your house, you speak badly of them? Do you backbite back with your tongue? How do you speak? Do you speak roughly with your neighbor, rudely to your neighbor? What kind of neighbor are you? Is it evil practicing? Are you honest and honorable with your friends? Because, folks, friends are hard to come by and are hard to be won once you treat them rudely with disrespect and dishonor. It's a testimony of your character. It, it defines who you. It makes a difference how you treat people, how you speak with your friends and neighbors. You must value your friendships and work hard to keep them. Verse 4 of Psalms 15 continues. In whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Here is a person of character who opposes evil at every turn. That is simply to stand firm on truth. Not be filled with hatred. Not to align people and treat them rudely or unkindly, but lovingly, patiently. And stand on the word of God at every turn. And honoring those who fear the Lord. And keeping an oath even when it hurts, folks. It's a very valuable lesson. Do you make promises that you don't ever intend to keep? Do you make promises that you break? God is very serious about our vows. And you need to be serious about 
fulfilling the promises that you make, even simple ones and small ones. Verse 5, Psalms 15. We're talking about character of that individual that is a citizen of God, that is in a relationship with God, wanting to be in the very presence of God. That's the psalmist's desire here. He's giving these character traits that is seen in that individual who is in the very presence of God. Verse 5, He who does not put out his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe, bribe against the innocent. This is very simple. The truth here is to the point. Don't take advantage of people monetarily when you can help. This is to the point, folks. Use your money in a way that honors God, but also in a way that shows your love and care for them. This is what was wrong in Nehemiah chapter 5, verse 5. The wealthy was taking advantage over people, over the poor. That's not the character trait of the individual who wants to be in the very presence of God. They wanted to show kindness and mercy and justice. And that is shown by how much we love and care for them, even monetarily. And then at the end, he who does these things shall never be moved. Amen, folks. What a powerful promise that is. We will not be shaken. We will not slip. We will not fall. That is the character of this individual who puts his life and trust in the Almighty God. Who puts his life and trust in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Does these character traits, are they representative of you, friend? I pray that they are. I pray that they are. If you desire, like David, to be in the very presence of God, these character traits must also define and be a testimony of your character. Amen, folks. And that's our study for this broadcast. And now, folks, we have the conclusion to name that Bible character. Here, here was your clue. Here was your clue. When the Lord spoke to Elijah in the cave, he told him to anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. And whoever escaped from the sword of Jehu, I was to slay. Who am I? Elisha. That's right, folks. Elisha. First Kings 19, 15 through 17. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. And Jehu the son of Nimshah shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel-Mahalah shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escaped the sword of Hazel shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall 
Elisha slay. Here you go, folks. When the Lord spoke to Elijah in the cave, he told him to anoint Hazael to be king over Assyria. And whoever escaped from the sword of Jehu, I was to slay. Who am I? Elisha. And name that Bible character. Well, folks, you too can become a part of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, by submitting your life to Him in repentance and baptism and giving your whole heart to Him and be blessed beyond measure, more than you could ever deserve, finding that peace that passes all understanding. My goal here was very simple. That was to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Visit our website, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com. Well, friend, I just want to tell you this. What a privilege and an honor it's been for me to have you walking along my side during this show. May God bless you. No palace, no jewels, no kingdom to rule, no No throne and no robe, no silver, no gold, no court of royalty. Yet the King of kings left heaven to become a lowly man. He left all heaven's glory to fulfill his Father's plan. He still came just for me, he still came, knowing all he would endure, he still came, disregarding every cause, from the manger to the cross, he still came just for me, he still came, no family, no friends to Much pain and much hurt to give love and worth. He bore our sins and grief. Yet the hope of what he offered so outweighed what must be done. He chose to be my victor and assure my pardon won. He still came just for me. He still came, knowing all he would endure. He still came, disregarding every cost. From the manger to the cross, he still came just for me. He still came, he still came just for me. He still
Jesus Christ was the Son of God, oh Jesus Christ was the Son of God, oh Jesus Christ was the Son of God, He will set you free.